0: all right tj eisenhart how you doing got you on the line we're gonna do a little check-in with you as you've got this whole new program over there with your um, you know imaginary collective as you kind of stepped away from you know the professional side of road cycling so uh you know first and foremost tj what's going on how's uh, utah handling you right now hey john
1: it's good to be on uh the love and opportunity to be on the bwr podcast uh yeah it's going great uh just here in southern utah just hanging out uh just riding my gravel bike and enjoying life in the moment so let's step back a little bit like what what are you you know people that possibly don't
0: know can you give us a little recap on like what you've done you know grew up racing and then ultimately like what led you to kind of forge this new path and create your own you know entity of like you know going racing and having fun
1: Totally. Uh, it's definitely a unique path and very different path uh, from what I came from. Uh, I grew up racing on, purely on the road. Uh, at the age of eight, I fell in love with road cycling when I was over in Spain with my family and just loved it. And so we came back and at the age of 12, just started kind of racing, you know, local, like every kind of junior. And then you start kind of racing around and then you're on the national team. And then when I was 18, that's when I had the opportunity to join uh, BMC's development program, uh, which was at that time the best development team then. A lot of big riders came from that team. Pavel Sivikov, uh, yeah, uh, Pascal, guys, Fabian Leinhard. So, yeah, I grew up in, I would say, the very serious side of the sport and the very, like, I just wanted it so bad to be in the world tour and I wanted to race my bike. And I thought I wanted to win all these races. And I would say about like three years ago, it just was like, it just wasn't clicking to me. You know, I was training, I was putting in the work, I was racing, but it just, it never seemed to click, you know, results, everything. And, uh, when I look back now, I think that's just because honestly, I just don't have that very, competitive and like like almost wolf instinct when it comes to competition you know like racing wise i was more just enjoying being on my bike and the love of that and so last year i approached uh my good friend and business partner andrew Dahlheim and was like hey man i have this idea about how to you know basically i want to show the world how i love to ride the bike you know and it's you know he had this very same philosophy with how he loved riding the bike and everything and where we just didn't care about getting results anymore we felt like everyone else in the world was getting too carried away about you know their power and the lightest bike and stripping down paint jobs to black rock carbon so that it was even lighter and you know for me as an artist I uh, my mom was always putting a sketchbook in my hand, and I always grew up doing a lot of different art classes and everything and so I always grew up with this competi sorry this um artistic kind of spirit, and I've always wanted to find a way to express that purely through the bike and with road racing, I just never like i said it never clicked I was never able to anytime I tried to do anything kind of artistically or outside the box of Road cycling, it was always kind of shunned upon or frowned upon. Where, you know, two years ago, like I said, started looking at gravel and then approached Andrew last year and was like, okay, hey, I think this is a market where we could basically go into it and people wouldn't think we're that crazy for saying we're starting something where we don't care about results, where we're mainly focused on the creation with our partners, you know, going out there, doing new things, focusing and just purely doing what we love to do. And that's just showing the world how we like to ride our bikes, you know? And I think I grew up snowboarding and I grew up skateboarding and I just, I love that culture. I love how free it is. I love how it is. I love how every skater is unique. Every, you know, everything's just about it is freedom, I feel like. And to me, that's how the gravel bike is. So we're just basically trying to, connect the dots, figure out the correlations and figure out how we can basically combine those two worlds and create something with gravel that basically hasn't been done yet, you know? And, uh, like I said, it's cool to see all these other projects come to life, you know, with like Peter Stetna or Colin Strickland and, uh, you know, Ian Boswell and, uh, whether everyone's kind of doing their own gravel thing. But like I said, the cool thing about us is we're, kind of focused on the artistic side. And so, you know, it really separates us from everyone else. And, uh, I like that. I like that. We're still in the same level playing field with gravel, but we're able to do different things. I think so unique and so bizarre. It's something you really don't have in the world tour or professional cycling. You know, if you're in professional, a professional cyclist, where gravel racing, it's, It's the wild, wild west. And you could be a racer who's also an entrepreneur or a businessman or, you know, a social media guru or, you know what I mean? And it just, I think it pushes athletes outside their comfort zone from just worrying about, like I said, training day to day and focus on like, how can I, you know, create, and I think you'll relate. Uh, create, you know, an, an enterprise off yourself, you know, and create companies off yourself, and create businesses and opportunities to not just support you during your riding year, but through forever, you know. Uh, so, yeah. No, that's um, <clears throat> you're definitely onto
0: something. It's obviously, obviously, you know, it's becoming. I don't want to say the norm, but it's getting to that level. Like you said, the Stetnos, the columns, like they're totally. doing more and more, and like that. So, you know, we're in a time where. This is a possibility now because, you know, realistically, honestly, like, you know, if you were having this idea four or five years ago, you would more than less just probably hang up the bike and be like, all right, I'm gonna go do something new now. Because there wasn't really that avenue to go do something different. Um, With that being said, like, have you, because I do remember, you know, I want to say I raced you at like tour of Utah when you were doing your Sarge for BMC mm-hmm. like 2016 maybe. So yeah. that's about as close as you get to like going world tour you know you're basically a training cool. on the world I tour I was... team so like yeah. at that moment were you still like full gas like going world tour this is my life because you know if we look back then the whole idea and concept of starting your own thing and <laughs> you know whether it's gravel racing or adventure racing like that wasn't even a thought in the world. So were you like yeah. still there or kind of like, you know, hmm, like there might be something else out there. even know, I don't know what it is yet. Um, Like, we're, like, like, I just kind of want to pinpoint that time. Like,
1: you know, where were you at? Like, and what you wanted to do then?
0: Cause you were so totally. close.
1: It's yeah. So it's, it's like looking at a different person. It's crazy. I mean, I wish we could almost like, I could be side by side with TJ as yeah. and, our, and Everyone would love to kind of see that, just because everyone who knew me at that time period and now, it's you know oceans different, you know. Um, and so going back to that instance, that tour of Utah, 2016, dude, I totally. I was told by BMC, uh, Jim Aquitts told me they were not going to stag and they were going to basically stagger kind of stag- for like every race. Something? So I act. Oh, you, um- you hear me, TJ? Sorry, I don't know uh, I, Yeah, you hear me? Now. Hello. Yeah, you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, I good. Right, uh so, yeah, Jim, he told me they weren't going to sign me uh and that, you know, they were going to stage near me for all these races and at that moment I just thought, okay, this is an opportunity for me to just go out. I've trained crazy hard all 2016, raced well. Like, I want to go for world tour. All my friends are going world tour. I've been in this world. And, you know, you kind of, as this young athlete, you're almost brainwashed to think, like, it's world tour or nothing. You know, so you think you're almost just going to go, if you don't go world tour, you think you're going to end up on the streets. And it's crazy, stupid thought. But no, it's, true it's just kind of how you, it's, yeah, it's like every professional cyclist or almost professional cyclist feels that way. You know, and it's, I think it's just because we want it so bad. Um, that we completely turn off the whole outside world and realize that, oh, cycling and the box exists outside that. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, I was... At that time, when I was racing you at Tour of Utah and 2016, I mean, I got the best Young Rider uh, jersey at that that year, and it was my best finish at Tour of Utah. And, you know, you're just thinking to yourself, okay, like, how can I not go pro or World Tour at that time? And, again, it's just like... Sometimes it just works out like that, like in a good way. Like sometimes you're not given what you thought you should be given. And it's always for a good reason, you know? And it's crazy when I look back now and like look back, man, had I gone world tour or whatever, most likely would not have met my wife, would not be married, have a baby, you know, because you're, you're just so busy. You're traveling a lot more. <laughs> your life is just a lot more different. And so it's like I think every, every single second – of my past, because it's what, you know, got me to where I am now. And it's like, I love the person I am now. I love the path I am on now, you know, where if I fail, it's because of me. You know, you can't blame it on, like, result. Like, you know, it's like, if you fail, it's because you decided to stop working, you know, or stop doing what you do. And, like, I just love the bike. I love being creative. And I love truly going out now and just riding my bike and not, worrying about like am I going to get the KOM up this climb because I mean for a long time that was a big part of my identity was you know making sure like I had the fastest time of all the mountains here in Utah and now it's funny I was riding up one of the climbs today and I was just like man I'm probably like five eight like ten minutes slower than I was you know and it's like you don't (laughs) care like you're I'm wearing my denim jacket and you know enjoying it and loving and it's light rain and i'm not worried about whether i'm accomplishing my you know next interval or you know you the worst thing was i remember you know when you weren't able to accomplish your intervals for the day and you went home and you were just like so disappointed and it's like now you look back and you're like that's what i was disappointed about like come on yeah it's just small potatoes. potatoes i love that
0: so all right you know you get through that whole part of your life so when like so last year you say you kind of like started talking with your partner andrew about possibly going off and doing yeah. thing. like you know so you're basically you know you're still a professional yeah. racer at the time so you're still training you know your races how was that to go okay like i'm gonna start to build something do nothing and you've never like haven't done that before you know, obviously you have to get the right partners on board, reach out to people. You know, you're kind of doing a little bit of everything now. How was that process of like going out there and, and making that happen? Yeah, yeah,
1: I mean, that's the craziest part is just starting. Uh, I think anybody will tell you that just just literally sitting down and just starting is always the hardest part. You know, because I feel like everyone every day has a dream or a vision or, you know, how they want to live their life. But it's just about just starting it you know, making it a routine and sitting down. And uh, when it came to, I remember last January, I started, like, contacting a few companies about the possibility, you know, and everyone kind of laughed at me. They all thought I was, like, like joking. They all thought, like, oh, no, like, you're TJ. You're going to ride the road. You're roadie, like, 100%. Like. And it was like, no, I'm, you don't, I'm not trying to make the switch. I'm not trying to switch over to gravel to get results. I'm switching over because I have a new idea and a new thing. And, uh, if finally, I remember a few years ago when I first met, uh, my business partner, Andrew Dahlheim, and it just, I just knew like, all right, this is someone I could trust. And someone that is like, would just be a good fit for a business. Like, and it was crazy. We weren't, we weren't crazy good friends, you know, when we were on the team or like you know, even like last year, we were good friends, but not like, no, I think a lot of people were just not, were pretty surprised with when we were, both came together and worked together. And it was like, we just had that good, cohesive, and we still do that really good, cohesive work, work in relationship where, you know, he handles kind of more the business side. I handle more and kind of the image side of the project and, hand, you know, talking to sponsors about getting our products and, you know, all that. And so it just is like, he calls me up, says he's already, you know, got this deal done. And then it motivates me to go out and get another deal done. So it's like, I think it's really important when you are going to start your dream or your vision to share it with as many people as you can. Literally talk about it. I mean, to who you can, you know, be like last year, it's not like I could go out on social media and be expressive about what I was doing because I was still under contract. So you still have to be a little bit quiet, but share your vision, share with what you, you know, how you want to live your life or your dreams. And, you know, eventually someone will see it the same way and will also be motivated off it. And that's when, as soon as you kind of have that other person where you're like, all right, we're in this together. That's, you know, then you just sit down, you sit down and you start writing out, proposal, you start writing out kind of mission statements and you start writing down brands you'd love to work with, companies you'd love to work with, where you would see the company in five years, just literally everything and anything you can possibly think of and just constantly writing it down, you know, constantly every day I'm writing down to my like little imaginary collective notebook about different ideas or, you know, just to always have it because whether I use it this year Next year or in 10 years, I know an idea will always come, you know. And like I said, some will be good, some will be bad, but when you write it down, that's kind of that first step where you're seeing it and you're then able to take it, you know. And like I said, just never being afraid to share your vision with, you know, your partners, especially, you know. So whether that be your sponsors or anything, you know, I mean, we were very, very upfront with everyone, you know, we're working with this year saying, hey. If you're expecting us to go out and win this race or do this, like don't like we are focused on creating something different. Focused on cre- you know the culture. Focused on you know the creates creative side of the sport. And factor loved it. Champion system loved it. Envy loved it. Kogel, all these great you know Pirelli all these great companies and it was it's awesome. It's very motivating when you do send out you know do tell people your vision and ideas and they love it and they want to help you out as much as possible. And, you know, then they're given their resources and probably one of the greatest compliments me and Andrew got was like in February, when we were talking to, we were on a conference call with champion system and they had said that their offices were so motivated off this project and this idea and all the designs we were sending them that it just like sparked this, you know, this like motivation in the office, you know, and uh, that's just awesome. You know, that you're just, Kind of waking people up and getting people, like I said, out of that funk of all black or like all matte carbon, and you know waking up everyone and being like, "Hey, let's add color and be creative, and let's start making new deals." So, with that being said,
0: looking at twenty twenty, yeah. you know we're kind of already kind of into the year, um, the, yeah, the kind of strange year we're at right now. But what, how does you know the calendar look for you? Like obviously a lot can change totally changing right now with the current you know virus comment, uh yeah. climate but we don't need to talk about that but like you know let's say as of going forward like how how is the year looking like is it you know what kind of yeah. events are you doing what, what are you guys trying to go out and do that's a totally uh
1: so we first started off the year with uh 24 hours of pueblo where every and i i you know which is a mountain bike uh relay event uh where you ride for 24 hours and that and which was awesome because we were the only kind of like gravel group there where like every gravel pro was in Colorado for uh old man winter and it ended up getting snowed and canceled we took the op- opportunity and we're like hey let's go to Arizona let's ride our mountain bikes let's ride our gravel bikes and have fun so that was definitely the first thing on the calendar that separated us from the gravel scene was actually choosing a mountain bike race and then me riding actually my gravel bike in the race. Because again, it's like, I just want to ride my bike. And that Vista is so amazing that I just literally love riding it. Uh, so we're there, then we uh, did true grit Epic here in Southern Utah, which was a, ma- a gravel race, a mountain bike race. Uh, uh, oh, sorry, two gravel days and then uh, a mountain bike race. But was just the last few days were flooded with rain and mud. So that was kind of a bummer. And then, uh, let's see, the plan was to go to uh, Nova Eroica and then in Cambria and then Sea Otter. Uh, We were planning on doing a lot of cool events there and hanging out with a lot of sponsors and just setting up a lot of cool rides. Uh, We were planning on doing a few of the mountain bike events, gravel events, all that. And then, uh, let's see, oh. The Stampede that was at the let's see was Stampede at end of April, correct? Yeah, April twenty sixth. That would've been April twenty sixth. So oh yeah, so we're gonna hit up uh, Stampede. <laughs> uh, uh we had a good friend who was gonna get married there in San Diego as well. So it would have been perfect. Uh Justin oh, you know nice. Justin. Uh, yeah. Oh really? Justin getting married? <laughs> good times, huh? <laughs> Crazy. Kids wow. all grown up.
0: Wow, look at that. He just yeah, he was at uh, one of those. Yeah, last year, like years
1: ago too. That last the year, we could have wedding. celebrated at the yeah. wedding. We could have got a cake. We could have got uh, that. Would have been awesome. Anyways, we could talk about that later. Shout out to Justin and his wife. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> we're, yeah, we're still going to show up. We're still up. coming. We'll still show <laughs> because we know it'll be a great party. So, <laughs> but anyways, yeah. so we're going to hit up the Stampede, then be- Belgium waffle ride, um, and then. Out in San Diego, which would have been a great event. And then let's see Dirty Kansas, Tulsa we were planning on heading out to Tulsa to do the Tulsa Tough crits.
0: Yeah, oh, nice. why not? Just jump. In. Well, and
1: we have like that's, oh, that's a good fun Yeah, race, I mean that, that's
0: yeah. That's the one to do it. Yeah, that that's a that's, that's definitely a, that's yeah. something I've actually that's, always wanted to go out Andrew's, to Andrew. Like,
1: you know, Andrew, we, uh, with Arapahoe Resources, they're out there kind of near Oklahoma. And so, like, there's OKC. Oh, okay, Got it. Sadly, we would sense. miss OKC because it's Dirty Kansas. But the next week would be Tulsa. Uh, so we're going to head out there to also, you know, uh, just have some fun, hang out. Uh, and then, oh, uh, the Crusher in uh, Utah. Uh, and then the Rift out in Iceland in the middle of, end of July. And then it was like, you know, the Lead Boat. Uh, that stage race where it was Leadville, the mountain bike race, and then Steamboat, the gravel race out in Colorado in August. And then, yeah, right now, obviously, it seems like every event's going to try squeezing into October. And uh, so it's going to be kind of interesting. Yeah, it's going to be a
0: heavy fall for you and uh, yeah. the riders looking to do all these events. You should basically Here, just your off season right
1: now. Yeah. We should, what we should rest do? for a month. Here's and then my start idea. I just you. had this idea we let's uh let's, let's do a woodstock of gravel let's do like a week-long gravel party basically like sea otter but just allow people like i said full-on woodstock mode uh where they just show up in the desert or something and we just do a massive massive event so one week long stage race you know or something like that on gravel and we just yeah i don't know we're, just, we're we got to figure out that something could be something something that's something but, where
0: it could go definitely go to. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, like
1: I said, right now with the kind of climate, uh, uh, with the crisis and whatever going on, we have to just play it all by ear and yeah, we have to be cautious, right play it by ear, yep. you know, not travel as much and just like I said, just chill. So right now that's our that that's our schedule and we've had to put a few of those events on hold. Obviously, like everyone else in the peloton, but like I said, that's not a big deal. That's life always becomes comes before the bike uh and so yeah we'll just pick up when everything else chills and events are back on rolling and expect to see us at you know your event and come hang out at the imaginary collective tent you know we have a big group i'll make up some pancakes for you guys and hang out
0: (laughs) yeah yeah we'll definitely send people that way um so bringing it back to uh to the bwr so you haven't done the belgian waffle ride so from your standpoint like you know more being um yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna say i'm a sideline but you haven't done it like w- what's your thoughts on it from what you've seen you know you know on digital videos photos what people have talked about like what what's your overall you know consensus on on the pwr and, and where it is and you know and it's it's state of like, uh, these
1: days i love the fact that it's turned into a series like you know a, tr- a trifecta basically uh, I love the fact. Uh, yeah, I love that. The I love that you know, in San Diego. I love that it's hit the South with uh, Asheville. Uh, uh, I love that it's all obviously hitting my home of Utah with Cedar City. Um, yeah. Well, that's uh, right, yeah. Uh, and like, s- I, you. like you said, I didn't do BWR last year. Uh, I definitely saw the awesomeness of it. And Justin told me all about it because uh, we had a teammate who did it last year and just loved every minute of it. I mean, he flew back on his flight from Europe, got home at midnight that night.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. He was yeah. like, a, he was yeah. at home for like a Built few hours and, he and came, came in the race
1: and went in the straight away was in the, in the break, you know, then he ended up flatting and having some issues. But for me, it's, it's kind of events. Like it's its own culture. It's its own vibe. And like I said, it's hard to comment about it if I haven't done it. Doing that, all I can really say is just I'm I'm very excited. You know, me and Andrew, super excited. I was, like I said, very bummed about the delay of the San Diego one uh, just because I love Southern California. I uh, love getting down there, kicking it uh, with my wife's family. We have, I have a lot of good uh, sponsors and support crews down there with Monster Hydro, 100%. So a lot of good friends down there. Uh, so anytime you can get to SoCal, it's always fun. And so that's a bummer. But I did have the opportunity to ride half of or uh, like 80% of the Cedar City course. Uh, I rode that with Tom oh, nice. uh Burke Berkswindlehurst, Neil, uh, Shirley. Uh, and we, you know, so it's like, what better experts can you go ride a gravel course with, you know? Uh, so... We went out there, had an amazing time, and then we got about 30 miles from the finish. Hit some peanut butter mud, and like ended up hiking for like a mile or so. Uh, but I definitely from that <laughs> ride, I was just like, okay, I, this is going to be an insanely hard ride, you know, because then it finishes on kind of this soft, almost jeep single track to uh, the finish, and it's just going to be. It definitely is going to be a wrencher, you know. People see, oh man, there's not that much climbing in it, but just the dirt out there. And if it's wet at all, everyone should be prepared, like be ready for a very hard day. Because especially when you're out there and you look around, you're in the middle of nowhere, man. And so it's just even like, like I remember when we we got stuck out there, and I just like all those guys are like trying to clean like bikes and like trying to get through it, and I'm just like, man just walk we're just walking like right? you just accept that you look around and you're like i'm not getting home till like maybe 1 a.m tonight like you just because you're like you're in the middle of nowhere and if you're having to hike out <laughs> there uh so it's definitely a course for like be tough be ready train hard uh and like i said i can't wait to try the other courses uh i have a lot of good friends out in asheville i love riding in asheville i so i can't wait to do the uh the bwr out there
0: Well, I'm sure once people hear this and they find out you got a little inside knowledge on it, they're gonna, your DMs are going to be blown up with... Uh, Dude, it's... Uh, TJ, what's up? What do you... You know... What, you know you want, literally, you want to no one's some, safe uh, on
1: that course. On this is... <laughs> I mean, so I, I was on my Factor <laughs> Vista with 35s, my Pirelli Cintur, uh, Cinturatos. So, like, pretty standard gravel machine. Uh, then there was another guy who was on his Open, like, uh, with his, like, massive, almost, like, 50 tires. And, like, Neil was on his rig with his special setup. Burke was on his rig with his different... T- and let me tell you, it does not matter. When that peanut butter mud sucks you in, it doesn't matter the tire, the bike, whatever. Like, you just got to get off your bike, get through it, and then just get get going again. But, yeah, man, it that, I was when I did that ride, I actually was very surprised because my bike was one of the first ones to get rolling again. And it's not... Net, like domed as like a pure gravel bike you know it's the vista uh so yeah, i like, definitely was very surprised but i and i have even have road pedals like so i was just shocked that i was able to jump back on and get rolling and you know then I ended up having to wait a couple minutes for those guys to then roll back up so like i said a lot of times it's just about <laughs> your determination and whether you just want to get through it right now right, right then and there you know so uh it's going to be wild. Everyone's no, it's going to be a it. good one, it's sounds gonna like. It's going to be so wild. We heard, like, you're going to have coyotes. We saw a lot of antelope out there, uh, wild antelope running around. So that was just awesome. Very cool.
0: Well, awesome, TJ. uh Before we wrap this up, you know, you want to you wanna add anything, anything we maybe we missed on before, uh, you know, we all see you? Uh, I mean, unfortunately not for a while now until the – BWR events kick off. Uh,
1: Man, not just Thanking everyone who, you know, took the time to listen to this and, you know, hope everyone loved it and loved what I do. Go give imaginary collective a follow on Instagram, go give myself a follow on Instagram and uh, go give, you know, BWR a follow on Instagram. And like I said, everyone stay tuned for news and updates. And as soon as BWR and all of us know, like follow, like, Things will be updated, and we'll be riding again, man.